Welcome to Silicon Valley Momentum, where advisor and author Roland Siebeling talks all things tech startups and brings you interviews with founders across the world. Now, here's your host. Hello, and welcome to the Silicon Valley Momentum podcast. My name is Roland Siebeling, and I'm a coach and scale-up ally for tech founders. Today with us is Otto of Speechly. So tell me a little bit more about Speechly. Thanks, Roland. Great, great to be on the show today. So Speechly, we're a European startup focusing on the voice space. So our fundamental belief is that voice is the next paradigm shift in, mm-hmm. in user interaction, a bit like the touchscreen was the last big paradigm shift that at least I remember. I did live already during the mouse, mouse and keyboard evolution shifts, but, mm-hmm. but I think that the latest big dramatic shift is this one. Mm-hmm. And we've seen a lot of buzz around voice technology in the last years. And I think everybody's seen a lot of, lots of these charts with like voice technology going up on to the roofs, you know, smart speaker adoptions, assistant usage and all of that. But when I'm using my regular voice technology, it kind of like still sucks. It doesn't really work. And I think mm-hmm. that people can relate to that. You know, people use their voice technologies for quite mundane tasks, you know, Mm. You know, just, you know, controlling their home or something like that. But really, really haven't seen yet a kind of killer application for voice. Okay, very interesting. So tell me a little bit more before we go into the specific products that you offer. How did you land on this space? What's the history behind Speechly? Great that you asked. So Speechly was founded a couple of years ago, actually mm-hmm. four in, in, to be precise, when my co-founder, Hannes returned from his work uh, developing the natural language understanding for for Siri. Okay. And uh, in that work, he came to realize the the strengths and also the shortcomings of the current generation of voice technologies. And and he had a big dream. And uh, we are actually university buddies and and go back a long time. And he brought together some of his all-time dream team buddies to think about this problem. And and that's, that's when we started to really explore this problem in more depth. Mm-hmm. And then we wanted to create better voice UIs. And we initially started doing that with the existing technologies out there in the market. But quite soon we realized that they just weren't satisfactory to build mm-hmm. what we had envisioned. So, so that's why we embarked in developing our own technology. And I think that the, the biggest insight that led us to really build Speechly and especially investing in building our own technology was the fact that that we realized that, like mentioned, the accuracy was no longer the issue in voice technologies, mm-hmm. but it was, it was, it's actually the feedback mechanism. So if you used any assistant or smart speaker, you probably mm-hmm. realized that how they work is that when the user speaks, the assistant or smart speaker waits for the user to finish. Mm-hmm. And when the user finishes, then it starts to process it. So that, yes. that means that it has actually transcribed that into text and mm-hmm. is then transcribing the text um, via natural language, understanding, extracting the meaning, mm-hmm. and then applying some business logic, figuring out what to do in the specific application. Mm-hmm. And typically after that one, then generating a response during a synthetic voice. And, and this, this is actually for technical, technical reasons of how, how these technologies have been built. And this leads into this kind of turn-based interaction paradigm where, where kind of the user is, is limited into these kind of questions, wait, getting an answer, wait, asking again. So it's mm. kind of like limiting the use cases. And it works really well for these kind of like tasks like 
you know, playing music on your Spotify or, mm -hmm. you know, controlling your home automation. But if you want to do something more complicated, something that would create a bit more value than saving the five seconds, seconds <laughs> then, then actually that we really haven't seen that yet. And that's the problem we're solving. We really want to enable, you know, people interfacing with technology, using their voice combined with other modalities and, and being able to, to solve more complex tasks using speech as the main control mechanism. But let's build a little bit on those visions for more complex applications, as you said, maybe with other modalities. So what are you envisioning? Can you give us a few examples of the use cases that really there's a need for in your minds, but that would currently not yet be supported with the, with the standard off-the-shelf technologies? Yes, sure, sure. So one examples are all kinds of end user applications where the user wants to, to give a lot of information and input to the system in, in, in an efficient way. So, mm -hmm. so we could take some, some examples like, uh, let's take the example of, for example, if you are like shopping and you want to find some products. Mm -hmm. Then, then you know, you could be looking for something like, I don't know, like some, some brand, some, mm -hmm. maybe if we're talking about fashion, some sizes, some colors, you know, whatever. So there's a lot of information that needs to be passed. And this usually involves a lot of clicking and browsing and kind of like lots of interaction with quite many UI elements. And it, mm -hmm. I would imagine that finding a product would take, you know, like quite many minutes and quite many clicks to actually find what you're looking for. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So, so that's an example of, a, of information heavy task that you could kind of like replace by just, you know, saying what you're looking for. I'm mm -hmm. looking for, you know, black sneakers from, from Adidas size 13, you know, whatever, sort them by price. Or if you're like doing something like you would be like shopping for groceries and that task uh, is, is kind of also quite repetitive. So our solution consists of two parts. Mm -hmm. First being our own core technology. So we developed our own core technology uh, that does both speech recognition and natural language understanding. But what's different with that against all the other technologies out there is the fact that it actually does all of that in real time. So mm -hmm. the second the user starts speaking, our system immediately starts not only transcribing it, but also making sense of it and extracting the, the natural language understanding intents and entities out of that mm -hmm. system. And that is the secret magical ingredient that actually allows us to enable uh, voice user interfaces that react in real time. So we, are, we want to enable voice interfaces that, that mimic human face-to-face -face communication where they actually react in real time to what the user is saying. So the moment I've given the system sufficient information for it to be quite certain about my intents or entities, it can immediately react to that one. So let's say that I'm talking about, you know, like booking a sushi restaurant in New York or whatever. Mm -hmm. You know, the system can, while I'm speaking, already visually confirming to me that it actually understood what I'm saying. And if it, it would make a mistake, or if I would change my mind, I could very easily then just correct it. So, so I think that's kind of like the first part. So our, mm -hmm. our own core technology yep. is quite unique in the market. And then the other part is a platform that allows product and development teams to very easily plug into our core technology and integrate that as part of their own products and services. 
So, okay. so that so if you are a product team and you're kind of like looking for new ways of how can I improve the the user experience of my product or my service, and if the task involves the users requiring to give the system quite a lot of input, then you know we have the tools for for these teams to find out clever ways for the end users to actually use these products in in a more efficient and mm-hmm. more satisfiable way and then we have have tools for for the designers then to design these kinds of user experiences and we have tools for the developers in actually integrating very easily into our platforms including sdks for quite a lot of different development frameworks does it mean that you're competing primarily against let's say these platforms by google and other big players in your product setup and in your markets Yes, I, I would say so. Pretty much if you look at what tools have teams who have tried to build something that they can build with our tools have used before, it is typically the tools from the big players. So they've yeah. tried to combine those tools, you know, taking speech recognition from here, taking natural language understanding from here, taking some visual components from here, and then bringing them together to create something something similar that you could very easily create with our solution. So, And that's what we usually do consider our competitors. Okay, so it also sounds like, whereas your customers in the past may have cobbled together their own solution from two, three different providers, that there is an integration component that makes their life a lot easier. Would that be correct? Yes, so the integration component is definitely one and kind of really making it easy to integrate. And the second part being the fact that no other provider has the ability to in real time extract meaning out of it. That's something which sounds like a small technical feature, but the kind of the big revelation, and it's something that also took us ourselves also um, took, took us with a surprise was the fact that actually, you know, that small feature allows you to rethink how you design the user interfaces because it actually allows you to provide the users with with the real-time possibility to get confirmation of, of their speech. So let's move a little bit, uh, Otto, to the go-to-market vision behind Speechly. So if uh, this is your product, as you've just described, so who's your target group? How are you reaching them? And how far have you gotten so far? Great. So uh, the target group for our product is really all product and development teams that are building amazing products Mm -hmm. that have end user use cases that involve the end users giving some more complicated or more repetitive information to the system. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of our target groups. And how we address these target groups is really we are a very tech-oriented company. So mm-hmm. our team consists of people who have been creating these previous generations of technologies like uh, many of these assistants that shall not be named <laughs> name, <laughs> named here. And, and we have a very practical and kind of like fact and tech-oriented approach to bringing the technology to the market. We really want to create the best tools for, for these teams to, to operate. So instead of, you know, investing huge amounts of money in marketing and ma- making a huge noise about ourselves, it's really about, you know, being able to provide the best tools for really giving these teams an unfair advantage. An unfair advantage means from, you know, being able to find a new technology that can make their product radically better. Yes, and it's, it's kind of like the, the traditional content marketing slash product-driven growth yes. approach, where it's kind of more of that rather than kind of like 
paid advertising or, or branding or anything like that. And it's also because our target group is in a way quite specific. So that really uh, enables us. And, and we are, of course, all the time on the lookout for, you know, product teams that are building something unique. So mm-hmm. that's, of course, something that we are trying to, to build the tools and making them easy for, for the product teams to find our tools. Mm-hmm. And, and, of course, we are also trying to identify the coolest products out there that would, could really benefit it from from our technology very cool so uh otto uh, which uh can you talk a little bit about some early customers or how did you get your first customers in the first place people are often looking to get over that hump of acquiring your first customers especially in this kind of b2b context right so how did you guys achieve that yes yeah, so um i would say that we've kind of we've We've gone through two phases of our evolution, so I would even call it a pivot in the between. Okay. So in the early stage, we were exploring these voice UIs, you know, what kind of end-user problems can better be solved with the voice-enabled solution? And in this time, we were working directly with, you know, enterprises and companies, and, and mm-hmm. we come from Finland, and we, yep. were, we were working with quite many of the local industry leaders here, solving their problems, and we were able to really kind of build really cool uh, voice experiences, you know, for retailers, for banks, for for media companies, mm-hmm. for education companies, for healthcare providers, and that was kind of the, the first phase of our growth. And that was really about being able to find use cases and work with the best, most innovative companies in, in the region. So almost act, at- acting like a development shop for them. Yes, that was pretty much kind of customizing and really yeah. kind of like exploring the problem because that's usually when you're trying to find really the, the kind of like product market fit, you know, how can mm. how can you do that if you don't have access to the end users and if you that's don't right. really yeah. kind of like... <laughs> if you're trying to do it from your office. So that was kind of the first phase of our evolution. Very and much. If I, if I may just ask about that first phase, Otto, uh, was, was there already a product you had in the back end, even if customers may not have realized it? Or were you just doing project work to basically explore the problem before you even started productizing it? So in the early, I think that the first year or even year and a half was mostly actually using existing solutions out there and trying to build the kind of uh, UAS we were envisioning with the existing products and trying to find hacks and glue yeah, and yeah. bubble gum in trying to <laughs> Very good, yeah, work. yeah. <laughs> and, and, and that was quite sometimes quite frustrating also in, in, in getting them to work and actually validated to us the, the problem mm. with the existing solutions out there. So that really gave us the confidence to then start building initially the MVP of our own tech stack. And then then we, we built built the MVP of our own tech stack and we're using that to solve our customers' problems. And then we started to see that, hey, this actually, you know, our because originally it was of course a hypothesis. Our original hypothesis was that that you know if we can, you know, decrease the delay in the feedback of the voice UI to the user, we can dramatically improve the user experience. Yes. And when we had the first MVP and we were we were starting to see that damn, this actually works really well. (laughs) Then when we we kind of, uh, we raised some VC funding and then we we kind of, well, I would even call it in a way pivot. So pivoted from this vertical 
very client-centric approach, exploring the problem or customization. I'm not sure if it's a pivot or is it just evolution in our mm-hmm. in our normal kind of startup world. But who who can us. say, right? Like uh, very often, the <laughs> the evolution to one person looks like a pivot to the other. Absolutely, <laughs> exactly, exactly. And and then we now spend a couple of years then packaging. Of course, you know, then building and finalizing the core technology. Of course, that has taken quite a quite a lot of efforts and, and resources because it's yeah. technology that isn't in the market and it's it's very very complicated to, mm-hmm. to do that's one of the reasons why the, none, none of the other players have introduced similar technology to the market um, and we then started to package it for for these development teams to be able to use themselves yes. and, and that's really when we started the kind of the product phase of yeah. our journey so mm-hmm. really building the product and now we are in closed beta, so we opened uh, around the summer summer this year yeah. uh, for for development teams to do self service. We still have so, we still have clients that we've worked directly with uh, in production on our platform, but we've now kind of pivoted pivoted towards this development team centric approach rather than onboarding onboarding uh, kind of final final production customers ourselves. And we have now development teams that are working independently with with our technology very very cool okay last question before we close you mentioned your co-founder hannes who worked on one of those famous voice assistants as you said right so (laughs) how have you guys been uh, been building the company and how do you divide the work how do you how do you make sure you have the best possible relationship with your co-founder is really my question here that's an excellent excellent question because one of the uh, one of the the things uh, that I was I was thinking of of sharing was also the importance of this co-founder relationship. Mm-hmm. So, so um, we actually go back pretty pretty a uh, long time ago. We started our studies around twenty years ago, or actually over twenty years ago. And really, the key to the to the uh, co-founder relationships is about mutual trust. Yes. Nobody is perfect. Mm-hmm. We all have our strengths. We all have our weaknesses. And in our case, we had both already seen quite a lot of the world we have been building big international businesses we have been working with big major uh, global brands so for us us it was really about uh, about uh, uh, two senior people uh, kind of like uh, coming together and, and it's about valuing each other's experiences but also being able to expose each other's vulnerabilities and learning points Mm-hmm. And that's something that I appreciate very much in my co-founder is the fact that we are each other's mentors and we share our strengths and our weaknesses and we constantly give each other feedback in a very, very direct, constructive and uh, amicable or friendly or friendly way. And that's that's something that I really much respect. And we talk about difficult things. So, so mm-hmm. that's, that's something we talk about our families. We talk about, you know, how we sleep, how we exercise. You know, we talk about everything. So, so I think that that's, it's, it's kind of like in my previous uh, startup, uh, we, we kind of like the co-founding team, we called ourselves the family in a way that yes, the company yeah. was the baby. So we are now with Hannes, we're having this, this family. <laughs> You're like the parents, the right? Yeah. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. So, exactly. So and it sounds like you, you have a better relationship than uh, many people would have in their real relationship with their real partner. So <laughs> the, the amount of openness you show to each other uh, seems, seems quite amazing. And I think absolutely best practice, right? To build up that trust with each other. And yes, access I, each other's accountability buddies in a sense, right? Absolutely, absolutely. Very good. So, so very briefly, uh, Otto, 
uh, your vision for Speechly, you talked a lot about the product, but where do you want the company to be 10 years down the road? So we envision being the technology of choice for teams that are building amazing products for actually adding voice uh, and other intuitive user interface elements inside their products in the future. So we're kind of thinking of us as the Twilio for voice UIs. So in yes. the future, you know, billions of people will be happy using voice functionalities in all kinds of applications, services, hardware, and they're really happy and satisfied with that one. And they have no clue it's all powered by Speechly, but the yeah. product teams have. <laughs> <laughs> very good. Yes, I, I like it. So be very f- focused about your product target group. And, you know, if you're a B2B brand, you don't have to have a consumer brand, right? So mm, yes, yes, absolutely exactly. right. <laughs> so Otto Söderlund, CEO and founder of Speechly, if people are interested in finding out more about Speechly, what are you looking for? What could they help you with? And where should they go to uh, figure out more about you guys? Cool. So we are all the time looking for really forward-leaning people in product teams and development teams, kind of these early evangelists that really want to try new solutions and want to dramatically improve their products and services. So so if you have a product where the users are actually required to input quite a lot of of information or they need to go through repetitive tasks and you are open and willing to try new things, please be in touch with me. I'm happy to find a good way to help you. And for finding more information about Speechly, of course, you know, you can go to our website, speechly.com. Uh, you can also go to our GitHub. There's a lot of good code examples there. And then you can also find some good documentations on our website for developers, for designers, for product teams. So that's probably the, the main points of information. Of course, you can follow us on Twitter and LinkedIn. And, and there's a lot of information about the voice industry overall. Very good. And, uh, you know, with the uh, sneak preview of the rounds that may be coming down the pike, I'm sure that people who would like to work with Speechly uh, might also see some opportunities come up in the near future. What kinds of profiles are you typically looking for, Otto? So we are we are looking to strengthen our team in the speech recognition and natural language understanding parts mm-hmm. uh, on that. That's one. Then deep learning. That is also quite important. Then software development. Uh, I would say that those are the, the kind of the main technical roles. And yeah. maybe, maybe good to mention that, that our team philosophy is to build a very flat team of experts. So, so really senior people wanting to change the world, working together as, as a team of, of kind of like equals, yeah. tackling very hard problems rather than a huge amount of people. So we are, we are very obsessed with people quality and, yeah. and we are trying not to, to build our team too fast or too big. We are trying to keep it as small as possible. But of course, it's not easy when you're growing fast. So you have to be able to scale it. But we are extremely selective with, with how we grow the team. And then, Also, then, uh, absolutely best practice, I would say, in keeping the team a little bit smaller than feels comfortable, but then making sure everyone on the team has a huge impact on the end result. Absolutely. Exactly, exactly. And, and really combining people from different fields. So we're also looking for product people and service designers to join the, join the team. That's also very, very important. You know, people who want to change how people and machines interact. Very good. And are you hiring uh, primarily locally around the Helsinki area or are you also hiring uh, remote workers these days? So 
primarily we would want to build a on-site team uh, leveraging all the possible physical support uh, equipment to, to work efficiently, solving very complex problems. But we are, of course, quite realistic about supply and demand of amazing people. So we are also open for really great people to join us on, on a remote working basis. And of course, during the COVID times, of course, you know, our team is also working, you know, we are fortunate enough to, to be able to be at the office here in Finland. The situation is good enough for that one, but we are, of course, working partially remotely and, and did work fully remotely too. Okay, very good. Well, thank you so much for joining the Silicon Valley Momentum podcast this week. Otto Söderlund, the founder and CEO of Speechly. Uh, this was a great interview and thank you once again. Thank you, Roland. It was great. Thank you, everyone, for listening and uh, see you back next week. Like what you heard? Subscribe to this podcast and leave a review. Tune in next time for more tech news and interviews with some of the brightest minds in tech today.